Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. The Motor Racing Network presents an MRN original podcast series. Have a look at Jeff Gordon. He's starting to close the gap. Jeff Gordon, the colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior. I don't look at him, at him as grown-ups when I'm out there. I just look at him as competitors. What a big day for young Jeff Gordon and the Bill Davis Racing Team. This is uh, the biggest dream come true for me ever. Jeff Gordon is leader. Earnhardt is second. Sorry, bud, but Jeff Gordon, he's just a better driver than you are. Jeff Gordon holds off a last lap charge by... By Jeff Burton and wins the Winston Million. He won those championships. He revolutionized the sport. They're side by side on corner number four. Gordon leans on Jimmy Johnson coming down to the line. People can see there definitely was a change in our relationship. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here's your host, Brian Nelson. Jeff Gordon, the kid who transformed NASCAR from a sport dominated by good old boys to one that also featured young, attractive drivers not raised in the South, is undoubtedly one of the greatest racers to ever have competed in NASCAR. Over his 27-year NASCAR career, Jeff raked in four Cup Series championships and 93 Cup Series wins, good enough for third all-time. And his good looks and charming personality helped to make NASCAR a global phenomenon. This series of podcasts traces Jeff's story from shy California kid to Indiana sprint car sensation to transformative NASCAR legend and follows his journey from driver to team owner to media darling. Jeffrey Michael Gordon was the second child born to William and Carol Ann Gordon in Vallejo, California on August 4, 1971. Six months later, his mother and father split, and Carol, a single mom of two, went to work in the billing department of a local medical supply company. It was there that she met the mechanically-minded John Bickford, and the two began dating at nearby Vallejo Speedway. John and my mom got married uh, when I was very young, and and you know so he was really my dad. I mean, he was the one that that uh, that, that really truly brought me up. John remembers meeting a very young Jeff Gordon. Well, the first time I met him, he was having a temper tantrum. Um, he was about um, not quite a year old, and um, mother here was uh, a little bit concerned because his sister was quiet and very reserved and uh, reading a book and Jeff is beating his head against the wall screaming at the top of his lungs and I checked the door to make sure she hadn't locked me in and uh, I had an escape route but I decided to stick with it and see if we couldn't get him calmed down but uh, in his early early days he was I guess I can use the word hellion. Jeff may have started out a hellion but his mom, Carol, says his temperament changed as he grew. Shy. I would say he was very shy, quiet, uh, didn't talk to a lot of people. He talked to John and I and, you know, the family members, but he was, uh, he was very quiet and shy. Jeff's stepdad, John Bickford, had become quite a fan of local racing 
and passed this love on to his young stepson. We brought this um, little pedal car uh, home one day, and it, it was as innocent as I would go on the weekends, you know, follow my, my parents, whatever they were doing, I would do, and my stepdad would take trash to this to this what we called the dumps and and you'd go you'd go there and saw this little car this little plastic pedal car that was there it looked like it was in pretty good shape and so we're dropping off our trash and we picked that thing up and brought it home and i just remember going down this hill as fast as i could in that thing and then it became a competition where we all wanted to get on and we all wanted to ride this car as fast as we could down this hill and after that between that and the bicycle, I just remember wanting to go fast. Jeff Gordon's first foray into competitive racing was bicycle motocross. As a five-year-old, he did well. He won several races and made it to the 1976 state championships. But his mom believed BMX was too dangerous for Jeff and put an end to it, which prompted a shift to 50-mile-per-hour quarter midgets for 1977. Well, when he showed up in 1977, you know, he weighed uh, 32 pounds, I think it was. Uh, he was unquestionably the littlest kid at the quarter to track. Jeff's stepdad urged him to practice, 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 hoping to keep his six-year-old busy and out of trouble. He just had an incredible work ethic. Um, you know, he, he was very determined, very driven. And, and I don't know if naturally, you know, not only did I probably not have that, I don't even know if I have that today. So it, it took more discipline and it took somebody to push me for me to get the most out of what I was capable of doing. And, and I, there's no doubt in my mind that I would not have excelled in racing or been a race car driver. I probably would not have taken those risks and chances had it not been for the influence of my stepfather. By the start of the 1977 quarter midget season, Jeff was ready to compete, and his youth and small stature proved to be a plus. He was the youngest and he was the smallest. Now, in quarter midgets, small was a monstrous advantage because the cars were set at 150 pounds. Whatever the driver weighed, the driver weighed. That's all changed now. So now it's a total weight car, and which was go-karts were like that. So as you move through quarter midgets, we always were a small guy, always had an advantage. He had exceptional skill, he had a great mechanic, um, and we traveled, so it made us very competitive. At the peak of Jeff's quarter midget career, he and his family traveled the West Coast, racing three tracks per weekend. Through 1977 and 78, Jeff won 35 main events and set five track records, all while his parents insisted Jeff, not yet 10 years old, do for himself and act like a professional. Last year, Jeffrey Gordon was the fastest quarter midget car racer in the western United States in his class. At the age of seven, he caught the eye of a children's program from the San Francisco Bay Area. Jeff lets his dad know how the car is running and what problems the course is giving him. Then they make the needed adjustments. Over that corner, come out of it is bumpy, but when you come into this corner, it's bumpy. Uh huh. It's not bumpy up by the wall, though, right? Uh-uh. Where's the car slide at? In, in these On the concrete? Yeah. We added go-karts into the equation in uh, late 79 and early 80, but go-karts is a, in those days was an adult sport on the West Coast that they also brought their kids along. 
Uh, so it was an also class. Uh, very few kids participated in it. Uh, dirt was just getting started, so we had a dirt go-kart, we had an asphalt go-kart, we had the quarter midgets. We were trying to do all of those. And 1979 was a very successful year for eight-year-old Jeff Gordon. He dominated at tracks in Northern California, winning 52 times. We were very successful for sure, and um, you know, I've always been uh, one that wanted to compete against the best kids. So in August of 79, we went up against uh, the national championship. In those days, they only had one national championship, so all of the kids arrived that uh, were national competitors arrived in Denver, Colorado. and. Um, we at Jefferson County Fairgrounds and we were fortunate we had an engine problem in one class so we weren't in the A main in that class but we won the B main there was no transfers in those days um, and we handily won that one after we were able to repair the motor uh, a lot of rules about not being able to touch your motor or do things like that so it wasn't anything we could do but in the other class that we had we dominated the class we had quick time we set track records not never been broken and uh, we won the race handily, so it was his first national championship. And the winning continued through 1980, 81, and 82. As the trophies piled up, winning became old hat. When you're winning, um, it can get boring. You can burn out quickly. You have to keep that challenge there. I think that not being successful keeps you engaged more than being successful. Fordham and Jeff Gordon were not a good combination. In the early 80s, as Jeff started junior high, he took up break dancing and started hanging out with older, influential kids that led him toward trouble. His parents tried to reel him in with other pursuits like competitive water skiing, but eventually they decided to step up their commitment to auto racing. This opportunity came through a magazine article of a kid in Florida named Sport Allen, who was 14 and he was driving a sprint car. And I knew sprint cars very well, made parts for them and worked on my friends and, and did kind of engineering behind them, you know, to make them faster and lighter and so on. And so I traveled to Indiana with Jeff. We raced in Indiana and we stopped by the guy that I thought built one of the best sprint car chassis in the country. And um, said, what do you think? <laughs> he thought I was gonna be the driver. And when I pointed to Jeff, he just started laughing and uh, told me to leave. <laughs> you know, his name was Lee Osborne. Great, great guy. But, you know, he wasn't buying into this 13-year-old kid that weighed like 80 pounds driving a 700, 650 horsepower sprint car. Eventually, Jeff's stepdad persuaded Lee Osborne to send a sprint car chassis to California. And the car was prepared for a debut in 1985. As a 13-year-old, Jeff, his mom, stepdad, and a couple of friends loaded up the newly finished sprint car and drove south of Sacramento to Dixon, California, a rural community with plenty of room. It was there that Jeff climbed behind the wheel for the first time, and a truck helped push start the massive motor. The first time we fired that engine up... In, in the car just leaped off the ground just from the power of, of, of that idol uh, 
was something that I'll never forget for the rest of my life, and I couldn't wait to get it out of gear. If anybody knows anything about a sprint car, you lock it in gear. There's no transmission. There's no uh, clutch or anything like that, and it fires up, and you just have to get it out of gear. And I got the thing out of gear, and it's sitting there idling, bum, 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 bum. The whole car is just rocking back and forth, and I'm sitting there in this car, with the drive shaft running between my legs to the to the back of the this crankshaft in the engine that's mounted inches from my feet and I realized right then I'm sitting like on a rocket <laughs> they're going to strap me in this thing and when I step on the gas it is going to take off for the moon is what it felt like to me that was the winner of 1984 and 85 But with encouragement from his stepfather, Jeff confronted his fear and plans were made to travel to Florida for a series of sprint car races that February. Running third now, Jeff Gordon in the 16X car. Jeff doing a great job. Ahead were some seemingly insurmountable obstacles and a wild new racing adventure for the kid. Next time on Jeff Gordon, A Colorful Career. So he hot lapped one of the fastest cars. He was there four times. Four times he made the Trophy Dash, which is the fastest four cars. And this is against all of Northern California, the Jimmy Sills, the Brent Cadings, the Chuck Greens, all these guys were there. So we were pretty proud of ourselves. Uh, And that gave us the enthusiasm to head east. Jeff Gordon and family make a life-changing move that leads them to challenge track operators and gives birth to a racing celebrity. This program was a presentation of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. Jeff Gordon, The Colorful Career of the Rainbow Warrior, was written and produced by Brian Nelson. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained within this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak.